that song so much okay how do I pause that oh, all right hello everyone nope okay that is the surfaces or just surfaces uh, their song this view I feel like I'm on like a radio I'm a radio host right now how's it going guys welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm really actually pumped to do this episode because I think I've done one before on uh, microdosing. I don't think I ever really talked about uh, what um, I was talking about with microdosing. I'm not saying that I do microdose. Um, I, I'm just going to talk about microdosing psychedelics today. Just, you know, mushrooms, not not LSD or anything. Just, you know, the fungi, the natural shit, the plant. Um, I just want to talk about it because I think it's really important. And, you know, when you, like, talk about something and you have such a passion behind it, it is, that is me. I have such a passion behind learning about psychedelics and the way that they affect the brain in a treatable way not like you know a lot of people just think when you when you talk about LSD or when you talk about you know like taking acid basically or when you talk about taking mushrooms or shrooming magic mushrooms people just think of it as like like it's all party stuff like the only you know you go to like festivals and stuff and you take MDMA or ecstasy and you take molly and then you take some acid or you take mushrooms but that's not all it is that's that is obviously the fun part of it. And again, I am not condoning drug use. I do condone plant use. I think that plants are and they will be, I believe, within the next few years completely legal because there's really no reason why a plant should be illegal. But and, you know, plant or fungi because it's a fungus. Um, they're just there's there's very little there's a lot of studies really but in America there's very little studies obviously because we have made them a schedule one um, which basically says that they're uh, highly addictive and that they um, they have no medical use which is completely incorrect which scientifically proven it's incorrect um, mushrooms are not addictive at all and um not clinically addictive. I think it could become addictive to the point where like people just want to better themselves and then they start taking them, but they are not addictive to the point like Adderall or, you know, heroin, Oxycontin, like all the bad shit that, you know, alcohol that were that people get addicted to, you know, that's legal. So besides heroin, that's not legal, obviously. So I wanted to, um, I've done a podcast before, The like I said, the other episode, it was about psychedelics, but, and like microdosing them, but I didn't um, really get into, I've just been learning a lot more about it, and I'm becoming more, I guess, uh, I could just, I could speak more freely of them, I feel like it's okay, because there's really no reason why I can't explain studies and stuff that's already on the internet that you could already look up and you could YouTube. Um, again, I'm not saying that I do them. I just think that it's it's just a really positive thing that a lot of people, you know, Joe Rogan talks about it on his podcast all the time. So first off, before I could even get into um, explaining what microdosing is or how psychedelics affect the brain, I have to get into, again, I talk about it all the time, but ego. So you have to understand what ego is before I get into the psychedelics because ego, a lot of the times we just take it as like, you know, like, oh, you have a big ego, you're just cocky. Like that's, a, that's the, the interpretation of the word that we think ego is. But in reality, it's really not. There's Ego is a... How do I explain it? Um, Freud, you know, like the scientist, the famous scientist, in 
1923, he basically came out with a personality theory. So you have three parts of your personality, which no scientist has really, I mean, I'm sure some scientists have said that it's wrong, but it, it makes sense. So you have your id, your ego, and your superego. So you know where, you know, in like cartoons and stuff, you have like the devil on your shoulder and the angel on your shoulder. That all came from Freud's personality theory. So you have the id, which is the devil on your shoulder. That is the the infantile function. So when you were born as a baby, you don't have an ego. You don't have a super ego because you have no morals. All you are is just this little creature that wants to stay alive. So you go into, it's more like instinctual. So impulsive. That's more of your unconscious way of thinking. So you respond directly to immediate pleasure. When a baby wants to eat, when he's hungry, he cries. And if he doesn't get what he wants, he cries some more. Um, that's just the way it is. That's, it's, it's selfish basically, but it's not, you know, obviously the baby's not trying to be selfish. It just doesn't know anything. So selfish, um, every wishful impulse should be satisfied. That's what your id is, id. So it's primitive, instinctual, sexual, aggressive. That's where like animals are obviously driven from a lot of id because I mean, we really don't know, but I don't think that they have um, super egos. I don't think that a lot of animals have, uh, a sense of consciousness. So that is your id. And then you have your super ego, which is the angel on your shoulder. So that is like the above and beyond morally conscious, um, just controls all of the ids impulses. And it also, you know, so people would think that it's like a great thing to have the super ego, but also it can be a little bit too much because that's where guilt sets in. That's where the super ego kind of like, it balances out the id, but it maybe tips it over too much to where like you can't do anything without feeling guilty. And if you do anything wrong, it just punishes you. And that's the angel on your shoulder. And then you have the ego, which is right smack dab in the middle. So the ego is both of the, the super ego and the id are unconscious. They are something that we don't really think about. The ego is our everyday thinking. That is, it's affected by society growing up. If you have parents that tell you, you know, crying is bad or, you know, like, don't do this, you could do that. And, you know, however you're taught, when you're being brought up, that is how your ego is formed. So your ego is formed by societal norms around you. And obviously everybody's grown up in different ways. So you may have different thinking, obviously, than the person next to you that was growing up a different way. And that is, I'm not going to get into it now, but that is the main thing that we need to understand is that people are all raised differently. And we have to put that in our brain. We have to understand that people are not all the same. I just noticed, I posted on my story yesterday that there was a dude that was rolling around in the ocean because the sandbar is like super, (laughs) is super um, short right now, I guess, or whatever. It goes out really far. So you could just like lay in the water and your body is still out. And I just noticed that guy lives in my building. He just, I'm looking out the window and he just parked his Jeep and that is the same exact man that was rolling around and had his hands and his feet up in the air. And if you watch my stories, you know exactly what I'm talking about because a lot of people thought it was fucking hilarious and I thought it was too. He's just living life. He probably has a diminished ego because he doesn't really, that is a perfect example. When you get older, your ego kind of diminishes because you don't really have you don't really care about what society thinks about you. So that's what the ego is. When we grow up, obviously when we're kids, you want to fit into the world. You want to be, you want to feel comfortable. You want to feel like you belong. And that is what the ego is. It balances out those, all of the, the uh, instinctual and impulsive things that the id wants you to do. But also it balances out the part where like the super ego's like, oh, I can't do that. But it's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like you, you could still do some pretty bad stuff. We've all done bad shit when we were kids. We've all done stuff that is probably morally incorrect. But sometimes we do it because we need to fit into the crowd that we are around. 
Um, and also just the way that our parents raise us. Or if you didn't have parents and you have, you know, just whatever way that you were raised, that's the way your ego is formed. So again, with the ego also, that is like the little nagging dude in your brain or in your head. And it's not always bad. You know, if you stop right now and you just pause, a lot of people, I know some people say that they can't hear like a voice in their head. I think that that is absolutely crazy. Like I want to, I want to meet that person. I believe them, you know, but I, I think it's crazy that you can't hear yourself in your head. Like right now you can, you know, pause and you could say like, say your name. Like I could say like Jessica in my head and I could scream it. And that voice usually is what overthinkers say that they, when they overthink, that voice is constantly going. And anything that happens in life that is even slightly embarrassing or slightly uncomfortable, that little voice goes on a rampage and it just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking. And then that, that is your ego, um, And it's not always bad, like I said, because sometimes you do need the ego in order to survive. So if you are, you know, back in like the Stone Age days, if you if you see a fucking saber toothed tiger or, you know, some crazy ass looking kangaroo mixed with like a raptor and they are coming towards you, you need to have that ego to be like, yo, we need to get the fuck out of here or else you're going to die. And the id would probably be like, you know, impulsive or something, or I, I don't even know. I don't, I, I'm not even going to say that because I really don't know anything about that part, but that is what the ego is. Um, it's not always bad, but it definitely keeps us more closed-minded and judgmental towards other people because the ego doesn't want to believe that it's wrong. So that is just our part of us that's like, you know, anything that I do is correct because I'm balancing out the super ego and the id. And, you know, if you don't have the same opinions that I do, you're probably wrong. And I'm going to be outspoken on them. And I'm going to judge you if you don't have the same ideas that I do. And sometimes your ideas can be morally correct. And probably I would think that they're correct. But you have to understand that people that don't agree with them, it's not their fault. They just, you know, a lot of the times, obviously, you need to be an adult and you need to like take responsibility for your thoughts and like understand that maybe they're not the best. But a lot of people can't help it. And I've said this before, and a lot of people are probably going to get mad at this because a lot of people are not Trump supporters. And I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a political supporter. And I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think that I, I, I just don't, I don't support politics. I don't think that it's. It's healthy to have two separate things that are like dividing people in a place that we're all supposed to be one. Um, I think it's pretty stupid. But um, that is a lot of people don't understand that like Trump was raised way different than you are. Way different. And like Britney Spears was raised way different than you were. And all these people that you don't really agree with or you don't really understand what they're saying, they probably don't either, but that's just the way that they were raised. And you can't, you just have to understand that that's it. Like that's it. And it sucks that that's what we have to like pick from, but it is what it is. And that's where the ego needs to be a little bit diminished. So I'll get into that. Um, Also, the ego doesn't cause you to be like a dick or anything or not care. It just causes you to want to stay comfortable. So when you have the ego, is it still going? Oh, it's still recording. Okay, good. Um, it's just, you know, it, it just wants to keep you comfortable. It wants to keep you, the ego is there for survival. That's exactly what it is. It's, it, it wants you to do things that your friends are doing, um, even if they're bad because you want to fit in. Um, it wants you to wear Ed Hardy when Ed Hardy is a thing because it's, it's what's going to make you feel like you fit in. It is, uh, yeah, that's, it makes you want to have like really long ass nails or get your eyebrows done and your nails painted and like, you know, Botox and lip fillers like myself. My ego wants me to have that because it makes me feel pretty and it makes me feel like I would be more accepted when I have these things. That is what your ego is. Okay. So 
Here we go. Just another thing. Remember, ID, id, is primitive, instinctual, aggressive, very sexual. That's what it is. And your superego is your moral conscious. That is, or conscience. Conscious? Moral conscience. And ego is just like the realistic part of it. It's um, society pleasing. Okay. So. Another thing before I get into, I need to explain this. I need to explain what your default mode network is in your brain. So in your brain, because I, I like to get scientific about it because I think that a lot of people will believe in um, mushrooms. A lot of people that aren't spiritual will believe in psychedelics if I explain it in a more like scientific sense because that's the way I used to be. Now I'm just way more spiritual about it because... I just fucking am. And if you take uh, psychedelics, they really do just open up your spiritual, um, you're, you're just, you become very spiritual healthy. So your default mode network is basically what is your brain's autopilot. So if you, example, if you've ever been driving home from work and you don't know how you just made it home and all of, you don't you didn't notice the lights that you stopped at, you didn't notice the cars around you, you didn't notice the green lights or the red lights or the stop signs or the yield signs or you know turning on your blinker, you didn't notice anything because it's your brain's autopilot. The brain has a lot of stimulus coming into it constantly. So we have obviously our senses. We have the smells and the sounds and the sight and the feeling and sight feel, and taste, obviously. Um, and then all the other stimulus that we have that's just constantly going. And our brain takes it in through our eyes and our ears and all that stuff, and it has to process it. And it's a lot to process. So if we were constantly just completely in the present moment, nonstop, it would be um, it would be a little difficult to live probably. Like every, it would probably be pretty exhausting. So sometimes the brain needs the default mode network. But the thing is, we start to do the same things over and over again repetitively. So tooth brushing, we do it with our right hand. If you're a righty, you do it every single day, every single night. You brush, you brush, you brush. You don't even notice that you're brushing really because you're always thinking about something else. So that is the default mode network. It is your medial prefrontal cortex, your medial parietal cortex, and your medial temporal lobes. I don't know if that means anything to you. It doesn't really mean anything to me except if you know like parts of the brain and what they do. That is what the default mode network lights up you know, on MRI scans or anything like that when they have it triggered. So... Um, the th those are basically your default mode work. Default mode network is the thoughts that are happening when nothing is stimulating you. So if you are not focused on a complete, like a specific task. So say um, if you go whitewater rafting, okay, or if you go, you know, extreme kayaking, you are not in the default mode network because you are paying attention when you jump out of a plane to go um, skydiving, you are not in your default mode network. You are not thinking about anything else but the fact that you are falling out of the sky. If you are running from something, say, you know, like I said, if you're living in, you know, back in the day and an animal is chasing you, or if you're like a person is chasing you, anything like that, or if you have any sense of like danger or fear or excitement and you're really excited about like focusing on one thing if you're at a concert and it's your favorite song that comes on you are not in your default mode network anymore you are right in the present moment you are paying attention um if you are doing a task obviously like homework or whatever but I can't even say that because I go into my fucking brain when I do work all the time so it's and when I can get into like the present moment and that's what meditation does it kind of like gets you out of that default mode network that it's just a nice place to be so it is um anything any thoughts that happen when they aren't directly related to what's happening at the exact moment so introspection mind wandering that is the default mode network daydreaming planning, revising, revisiting memories, just listening to yourself fucking overthink and chatter. 
nonstop. That is the default mode network. And like I said, there's so much stimuli around. And as we grow up, we learn how to process it all, usually from the way that our parents raise us. And um, sometimes we don't know how to process it at that well. So we do have some ways of like, you know, blocking things out or not paying attention. Um, I do believe that ADD is definitely something. I'm sure it has like some genetic factor to it, but I really do think that it is, um, it's environmental for sure. I, I don't think that I had ADD when I was in college because I could pretty much focus, but I, then I got, I found out what Adderall was and I was like, yo, I have ADD because I want to take this every day. So just think about it. Your brain is a computer. And, you know, when you aren't focused on a task, the brain goes into screensaver mode, and that is your default mode network. All right, so here we go. This is where I talk about mushrooms. So where do I even start? Psilocybin is beautiful. So psilocybin is, there is like 180 species of fungi or a mushroom that create psilocybin. So basically, psilocybin is used for in the animal world, in the animal kingdom, even though we are animals as well, but you know, in the jungle and shit, um, it's used as a defense mechanism because when an ant or a bug starts chewing on the fungus, it doesn't kill it. It doesn't poison it, even though technically like it is poison to your brain, but it's kind of like a good poison. Poison's a bad word because it just has a negative connotation attached to it. But it is a it is a chemical that is released from the mushroom that when the ant is eating it or the bug is eating it, it makes it feel full. So it doesn't want to eat anymore. Which is pretty interesting because you usually don't want to eat when you are taking mushrooms. Um, and that's also, I think that's like a serotonin thing as well. I don't know. But that is what is released. So in the human body, when you ingest psilocybin, your stomach digests it, and then it releases something called psilocin. So it is a, I think it's, it's what is it called? It's like a, what is it called? What was I saying about it? It's like a good, it, I think it's called like a good, not a good drug, or a, I don't know what it's called, but basically it needs to have a, um, an open, an open something drug. It basically, you need to be able to, you have to ingest it and you have to be able to digest it in order for it to do anything to you. So it's not like you just eat, like if you snort cocaine, it automatically goes straight up to your brain. Like, no, you have to be able to digest it and your, 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 chemicals in your stomach then create this psilocin. So psilocin is basically this chemical that prevents the reuptake of the neurotransmitter serotonin. So you have in your brain little receptors that open up. You have serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, you have oxytocin, you have all these different chemicals. Every single emotion that you have is due to chemicals happening. So when you have serotonin, and it's, that's like what people take when they, when they do um, ecstasy or um, LSD, obviously, or when you're just really happy about something, when something really good happens or, you know, when, you, when somebody that you're hanging out with that you love or that you really, really like, oxytocin is released, serotonin is released, you know, you just feel good. You have an overwhelming sense of joy going on, right? it prevents the reuptake. So it prevents your brain from sucking up all that serotonin and like you not being able to feel it. So it opens up those receptors and leaves them open. And also it increases the activity of that serotonin because like I said, it's like three to eight hours of just, if you take, you know, obviously like a heavy dose of, or just, you know, like a regular dose of psychedelics, it opens up those receptors and that serotonin just sits in there and your brain is just feeling great. And on top of that, psilocin, the chemical like construct of it is the same as, or it's very, very similar to serotonin, which I think is fucking crazy, right? How, like, how would we not even think that it's like we're meant, that we're not meant to take this thing because it has the same exact chemical, 
structure, just like CBD or uh, THC has the same, the cannabinoid that, you know, like weed, it, our brains have cannabinoid receptors built into them. I mean, come on, right? Isn't that like, I, I, that's why I believe that, and again, I'll get into it more, but mushrooms cause this sense of like, in psychedelics period, just cause this sense of like unity. And it's pretty like, it's just, it's hard to not think that you're, you should be in unity with the fucking, with all plants and shit if we have the receptors in us. We're the same thing. Basically, I mean, we're all made of atoms. And then it's just like the fact that we have these little chemical receptors, that's the same shit. I don't, it's just, it like, it blows my mind. And I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. I think that this is just, I believe, I really do believe that like plant medicine could cure this fucking world. But obviously people are just afraid of it because we don't have enough studies on it. And not many people want to go into a trip. So that's why I'm going to get into microdosing. So like I said, it has um, the similar chemical structure of serotonin. So meaning it binds and it stimulates those receptors without taking any stimulants. So you don't have to take, you know, cocaine or Adderall or anything that stimulates you in order to feel that stimulation. It's just, it's a beautiful stimulation of just a plant working with you. So why mushrooms do what they do, they inhibit the normal brain activity. So the normal pathways that we are using every day, like that default mode network and overthinking and, you know, the ego being like, you know, I care about what I'm wearing and I care about like this person and what they think of me, all this stuff, all this overthinking that goes in our brain, that's basically the ego just trying to get us to feel comfortable and safe and doesn't want us to think outside the box. Mushrooms and psychedelics in general, shut that off for the time being, not completely, but they shut that off. They inhibit that normal brain activity and the normal pathways are temporarily shut off and the brain starts forming new ones. And this isn't just like, I'm not pulling it out of my ass. There's MRI studies and stuff done in other countries because America doesn't really want to do that much. Um, Probably because, you know, Big Pharma, it, we, they can't sell mushrooms. Like you can't, really, you can't really profit off of something that people can grow themselves. So obviously they don't want to do it. And then God forbid we cure something. But, you know, that's another story. Um, so it, there is MRI studies that show that the brain pre and post psychedelic therapy or psilocybin therapy there are massive amount of new brain pathways. And we have this thing where it's like our brain is only using 10%. No, like our brain is our brain is on. That's that's a that's a myth and you could look that up that is not our brain is not only using 10%. It's just there's a lot of pathways that are not open yet. So our brain is fully on, but it's not being it's not able to use these pathways because the doors haven't been open. So there are little pathways in the brain that have never touched each other. They've never connected in a way. So we don't know what that feels like. We don't know all of this stuff going on. My brain right now is not the brain that it was a year and a half ago. I can say that with full honesty and just full confidence that my brain is completely different than what it was and not in a bad way. It is more aware, and I'm not saying that I do psychedelics, I'm just saying, because my brain just feels great, that I, it's just, I feel more aware, I feel more empathetic towards people, I pause before I react about stuff, and granted, it's not perfect, and obviously, we're constantly learning and growing as humans, and I will always have learning and growing to do, but I believe that there has been a change, okay? The thinking outside the box where basically that's what it's quote unquote that's shutting off your ego where you don't 
think about what other people are thinking about you while you're thinking about stuff. You don't really care what they're saying because you don't have the ego sitting there being like, they're probably going to judge you on that. It doesn't have anxiety or self-conscious or your your low self-esteem. The ego, if you look in the dictionary, is your sense of self sense of self-esteem and your sense of self-confidence. That is what your ego is. It's all self. Everything is about you. You don't think about anything else. That is what your ego is. So if you can shut off the ego for a little bit, your hippocampus and your anterior, it's called your anterior cingulate cortex, which is usually, it, it works with dreaming. Like when you dream, that is what's activated it's turned on and the the ego is shut off. Your default mode network is shut off. And that is where people, you know, they have those hallucinations and stuff. But we have to understand that there is something called microdosing. Microdosing is basically taking small amounts of a psychedelic, small enough to the point where you don't see any that's the big thing that people like freak out about which I think like I think it's very um therapeutic for people to go through something where they see you know like this the psychedelic realm of it with the hallucinations it's very um I just think it's therapeutic but not everybody wants to do that and it freaks them out because they probably had one or two bad experiences but you have to understand when you're going through a psychedelic experience and if you have a negative mindset going into it that is your ego talking and your ego is like yo what the fuck are you taking and then you start seeing stuff and you're like oh my god i'm gonna die nobody has died from mushrooms just like nobody's died from cannabis granted you can't drive on them but you also shouldn't be driving on alcohol more people have died from every other single drug than they have cannabis and psychedelics. It's just what it is. Um, They're not clinically addictive and there's no toxicity to your organs compared to other drugs. There's done. So it's just, that's what it is. So microdosing, like I said, you just, you're taking a very small amount. So you're still getting those, you get a sense of just like, it's like taking Xanax without taking Xanax. It's like taking something where you just don't care about the small things that you usually care about. You don't care about like, you know, like in my story with that dude that was just like laying in the water and just doing whatever he wanted. You don't care about that stuff anymore. You don't care about like, you know, if if you have this idea at work and you're really excited to talk about it, but then you're afraid to bring it up to your boss because you don't want them to judge you. And usually those ideas are the ones that make the most impact. You don't have that like that stopping anymore. You don't have that block anymore. It slowly breaks down those walls. And microdosing, what you do is you take that small amount. It's usually two times a week. So you take it like every fourth day. And a lot of people need to understand that like taking something every single day it's not going to work. Like people think like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to like microdose every single day because I want to feel the most effects. Your body gets used to that. Your body gets used to having those serotonin um, receptors open like that. So if you just keep taking it and taking it, you're, you're going to have to take more and more and more and more. There's no sense in it. It's doing the same exact thing as if you were to take it on Monday and then Thursday. What would you take it Monday? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You could take it like, I think it's like, I think you take it every fourth day or something like that. So that is what microdosing is. And it is, you know, just the specific like emotional regions of the brain are like activated. So you you don't have, some are shut off and some are activated and you just have this sense of like, expanding consciousness like there's a reason why you're here and I've talked about it in my last episode like the step one into like the the sleeper's guide to waking up like you just got to understand that there might be something more 
to all of this. Like life might have a different meaning besides just what you're doing in your default mode network every single day. And like the stuff that you're stressing about and like caring about and caring about what people say to you on Instagram or what people like if you think a person's looking at you and giving you a dirty look on the street, nine out of 10 times, that person doesn't give a shit about you because everybody cares about themselves. Everybody has an ego. That's just what it is. And a person who has a broken down ego and one that's like not, they're able to control that ego, don't judge. They just don't judge you. That's the way it is. I I still have parts. I mean, and like I said, I'm still a work in progress. I still have parts of me that I judge myself. But then, you know, like that guy yesterday looking at him on the beach, I was like, dude, like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Is he on drugs? I'm like, you know what? Probably. And you know what? Maybe he does some crazy and he's just living his fucking life and he's just doing whatever he wants to because he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care what anybody thinks because we have to understand that we're only here on this planet for a short amount of time. Why care? So the microdosing basically just like obviously it's illegal and I'm not condoning it like I said and you know it's legal in other uh, countries but and it's now it's decriminalized and um, the possession of it is decriminalized in Colorado and right now Oregon is having a um, is it Oregon? Yeah, Oregon has it on the ballot to be decriminalized, meaning like you can, you know, you could produce it and sell it. And um, it's happening for a reason, obviously. You know what I mean? Like it's just cannabis. They used to think that like weed was like this horrible, horrible drug. And it's just like it's it would cause like the downfall of humanity. And people are just like loopy on it. And people still to this day believe that it's like this horrible thing in reality. Like, Bro, it, it decreases anxiety and stuff. Granted, if you do it too much, anything, if you do anything too much, obviously it's not good, okay? If you eat a fuck ton of kale and that's all you eat, you're gonna have issues with imbalance in like your, your nutrients and stuff. It's just the way it is. Your vitamin K or whatever it is. It's just, it, 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 that's the way it is. You can't have too much of anything. But if you have everything in moderation, and I'm not talking about like drug drugs, you shouldn't have, I mean, everything in moderation, I guess, is like somewhat okay. But that's the problem with like these heavy drugs, like heroin and Oxycontin and like, forget like the illegal stuff, the legal stuff, like Percocet and all of these like Adderall, everything when it's addictive, there is no moderation. It's just the way it is. And it has been shown clinically proven, scientifically proven, that people who have taken um, psilocybin or psychedelic therapy, they were able to quit smoking. They were able to quit Adderall. They were able to quit drinking. Um it is the main thing that it is given to right now is to people like cancer patients who have basically a death. Like it's just they they know that they're going to die and there's no treatable form for their cancer. They have been given psychedelic therapy and psilocybin therapy and they just have a sense of okay with death. They have a sense of like there's no fear behind it because it just like I said, it opens up this way of thinking that's just like, there's a reason behind it all and there's a reason why I'm here and it's not just going to be that like I have this horrible disease and then I'm just going to die and decompose and nothing else is going to happen with me. You just have this sense of like things are going to be okay and there's a bigger, there's just a higher meaning behind everything and I'm not religious. I'm not this religious person that's talking about like Jesus or God or Moses or anything like that. There's just, I am a spiritual person and I I chalk it up to what I'm talking about because I it just gives you a sense of meaning it gives you a sense of purpose behind your life and it kind of like meditation does that too it's clinically proven that meditation does it as well where if you can shut off that default mode network and that part of your brain that's just constantly thinking about shit that doesn't matter like what you're going to do next weekend or that conversation that you had with that person last week or when you're in the shower and you're having conversations with people that are probably never going to happen 
or what you could have said or what you should have done. It doesn't allow you to live in the past and we shouldn't. The past is the past. You learn from it and you grow. And that is what meditation does. That is what psychedelic therapy does. And basically the the microdosing part of it is just you are able to take this and you feel, you do still feel something, but it's not anything that you can't control at all. You just feel, you know, obviously you start off small and you obviously have to go in it open-minded and that's okay to be open-minded. We should all be open-minded. You have to, they like, there's just this like huge thing against like people thinking that it's like this fucking terrible thing because fucking media has made it that way. But don't you think that media is like the fact that we are living in a place where we're legally being prescribed stuff that can kill us? Cigarettes are legal but something that's proven to help people and that's proven to just like to cause like the betterment of a human being and their conscious, it's like that's illegal because we don't really know the mechanism behind it because we didn't create it and because you can't sell it. It's like proven that you can take, you can spend $129 and be able to grow enough mushrooms for you and your friends for a year. Big Pharma's not going to make money off of that. And that's the sad truth, unfortunately. And that is why I'm not too crazy about our healthcare system right now. I believe that we have a lot of good things that are happening and we can treat a lot of things, but we just live in a very ego-driven country where we think that we are the fucking best at everything. Everything? Come on. Like, really? Like, when we say, like, America's the best and, like, this is the best fucking country, it's like, I understand that, like, you could come here and you could kind of, like, you know, it's the American dream and you could you could build your dream and do whatever you want, but we're also bad at a lot of things. Like, a lot. And I'm not, like, I'm not hating on the country. I fucking live in it. I love this country. And I love the, the opportunities that it's given me. But how about we, like, we... You know, we think that we're great and I believe that we are great at a lot of things. But, you know, let's like come down to earth a little bit and think like, you know what? Maybe we have things that we need to fix. Is that so wrong? Is it so wrong to break down the ego and be like, you know, maybe we do have something to fix? Or maybe is it so wrong for a human to be like, you know what? The way that I was before maybe wasn't the right way that I was supposed to be thinking. Should I maybe like look into that and change that? Because I was probably raised a certain way and it's not your fault. It's not my fault that I was the way I was and that I was so codependent and I was so in need of validation because that's just what I grew up in. And that's just what it is. But I think that the whole point of being a human being is learning from that and growing. And when you are aware and you wake up, wink, wink, to the fact that maybe I do need some growing and maybe I can like rethink my norms and my default mode network that I usually, I go into and it's just everyday thinking. It's fucking boring. Isn't that boring? Like why not have a new way of thinking? If it does good for you and you know, everything is going to be uncomfortable. And that's what we need to understand because there is downsides and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be here and just be like, you know, this is only, there's only fucking upsides to mushrooms. That's it. There's only, there's only upsides to psychedelics. The downside is it wakes you up to the fact that you actually have like issues that you need to solve. I'm not saying me, but a person that I know, you know, when they were microdosing in New York. It felt great for the first couple weeks. And then I think, you know, the teaching set in. There's a strain of mushrooms called the golden teacher for a reason. 
So it teaches you, and that's a, that's what a lot of these psychedelic, like ayahuasca, all these things that like people go to to get healed and to to have their minds changed and to have everything like so they could change their life. A lot of people that were serious addicts that that were heroin addicts and and um, and meth addicts, all these people, they went to go do these ayahuasca ceremonies and mushroom ceremonies, and it helped them. But you have to do the work as well, and. The negative side of it is that it will show you some of the shit that you need to fix and you need to be open-minded enough to go through that. Anything that's uncomfortable, you're going to feel better afterwards. It's just that's what it is. You have to be able to feel the negative in order to appreciate the positive. You have to be able to go through the shitty times to build from them so you could feel and appreciate and fucking live in the positive times, the good times. That's just the way it is. That's the yin and the yang that's been happening for thousands and thousands and thousands of years that people talk about duality, the yin and the yang, like the, you know, black and white, like you just, you have, they're light and dark. Like there has to be, there wouldn't be light if there wasn't any dark and vice versa. The cliche quotes like there wouldn't be any rainbow if there wasn't rain. It's just the way it is. It's cliche again because it's true. And anytime that anybody says that anything's cliche, like you should probably stop them and be like, well, like why is it cliche? Because somebody's been saying it for so long. Well, that makes sense, right? Why have they been saying it for so long? Probably because it's true. So that is what psilocybin does. And I am the biggest believer. And if you know me, you just know that I think plant medicine is just fucking it. And if you really, and I'm not, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. And you could literally, there's so many other ways, like what I've said before, meditation, if you can just calm yourself down and take five minutes for yourself every single day. I know it's fucking hard. I It's hard for me even to do, which it's really not because I can take away from scrolling on Instagram to do it. And I have my weeks where I'm really good at it and I have my weeks where I'm really bad at it. And you can't get mad at yourself. You can't be hard on yourself. We're all a fucking work in progress. But as long as you're like working towards that progress... That's awesome. And you're going to feel better. If you meditate for two minutes and then three minutes, all you have to do is just pause. And those little thoughts, that default mode network that's just running through your brain because you're not really focusing on a task. That's why meditation, they, they tell you like, focus on like your legs, focus on like your body parts, like, you know, go up from your leg all the way up, feel everything feel like, you know, all your hands and everything, then go up to your head and then go back down to the other leg. Just, you have to, because when you focus on something, you could turn off that default mode network. And then sometimes when you're focusing, that that default mode network is going to come in and it's going to start talking, but you're able to be aware enough to kind of go like, and like, get out of my head for a second. And when you, I'm telling you, I am not selling anything here. I wish I wish I was sponsored by a mushroom company. I fucking wish I was sponsored by a meditation company. I'm not selling anything. I'm not making money from this podcast. I just want to do this because I think people just really need to, they need help. I needed help and I listened to podcasts and I listened to books and they told me to do this. And then I'm just like, it's like sharing the medicine. It's spreading the medicine, spreading the knowledge of it. So if you have any questions, I can't tell you where to get mushrooms, okay? But the internet is a huge place, okay? Just look for like a reputable place. Reputable? Reputable. Yeah, like it has a good reputation. Um, And just, you know, like there's just different ways of doing stuff. Go to Canada where it's legal or, you know, whatever other place is legal. I don't even know. But just go somewhere else that it's legal and you can do that because... It's legal there. Um, you're not supposed to do it here unless you, you know, you could go to Colorado and have them or you can go to Oregon hopefully soon and have them and hopefully other places will be legal. But it's just the way it is. Um, 
I think it's going to change. And I think that my purpose and the fact that I'm able to talk about it so freely and be so happy about talking about it and just like I feel like I have a purpose behind it because I feel like I don't know I don't know I feel like the plan is fucking talking through me and it's like just like spread the knowledge so people can kind of like calm down because we are living in a very heightened anxious world right now and it is just not the place for people to be their best selves and we are mean and we're judgmental and we're angry all the time and we just like we're not in the present moment ever and it's just sad and it's known like that it's also known that like when you take psychedelics or you take mushrooms everything is just more colorful and bright and it's it's basically when it shuts off that default mode you are basically looking at something like you're a baby again. Like it's it's just so beautiful. For, it's like the first time that you're looking at something. It gives things meaning again. It makes you feel connected to things that are living because they're living too. Like we are no better than a fucking lizard. And it, I mean, you could say, obviously you could have whatever opinion you want and I'm not going to judge you on your opinion, but... Who, well, who says that we are? Because we have a bigger brain, but like it's just evolution. We were just born with a bigger brain. Why should we be mean to something? You know what I mean? Like if it's not doing anything to us just because that you don't like the way that it looks or it like it grosses you out, well, you probably gross somebody else out. Doesn't mean they need to be mean to you. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> that is the fucking truth, right? Like people get like grossed out. Like I get grossed out by cockroaches, but I've kind of learned to just be like, yeah, I I don't kill anything. I will not even kill an ant because I just like it's just living its fucking life. But it's just, you know, like maybe I gross some people out just like the cockroach grosses me out. And maybe like that spider that you really dislike, like it's just living its fucking life. It's not asking for you to accept it. You don't need to judge it. You judging something or you judging a human being, like, what does that do? It makes you look cooler? Not really. And if you think it makes you look cooler, that's just your fucking ego talking. It's probably the people that you're hanging around with. And if you're judging people, maybe you need to look at yourself in the mirror a little bit. Um, yeah, so... I hope you guys have a beautiful day. I am so happy. I'm just gonna... I'm gonna, like, start talking about this more because I think it's just fucking... It's, I have such like a burning passion behind my heart for this fucking plant and for just psychedelics and just the idea of the studies behind it that are happening. And I think it's really, it's worth it. And for meditation and like just this stuff that's like not chemically induced, not like you have to go buy it at a fucking pharmacy. Like you don't. Like, just take care of yourself. And that is America, because we are the most unhealthy country, and we have the best health care. How does that make sense? Right? So, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. It is Saturday morning. I'm going to go ahead and post this. I don't really care um, what time I post it, but um, I know that some of you are looking forward to listening to it, and hopefully you're listening to it all the way through, because that's pretty cool. Thank you so much. I am very grateful that you're even listening to this. Um, again, because you didn't have to, but you are. And I truly, truly am thankful about that. So thank you. Have a beautiful Saturday, a beautiful weekend. Don't get the Sunday scaries just because Monday's rolling around because there's really no reason to have Sunday scaries. Just you should be enjoying every single part of your life, even at work. So have a beautiful day. I love you guys. I'll talk to you later.